This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Episode 378, Band Name Origins. It's a really cool Bobby cast, all about how your favorite bands chose the name. On this episode, we've taken stories from episodes over the years and years of various band members here talking about the origin of their name and how they settle on a name. And this is all from us, right? Yeah, this is all us. We're not pulling stuff off YouTube that we're like, this is all stories we've been given. Over the years from the Bobbycast. That's pretty cool. We have like a library of this stuff So many episodes. You know, deciding on a name for your band is a pretty big deal. You know, it's like naming your kid or pet. You get one shot, really, unless you break up. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're you're out there, and there are some terrible band names. There are some good band names, but then there are names that, who knows, because they were famous, they're just normal, so we don't know if it's a good name or not. That's mm-hmm. just who we know them as. Some of the bands had controversy with their names. Some of them had crazy names. Some had to change their name after they got famous, which... Or do, we, do we talk about that in the Lady A? Yeah, we talk part? about that one. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that's happened. You'll hear stories from Rascal Flats, Little Big Town, Dan and Shay, Low Cash, Old Dominion, Lady A, NSYNC, Creed. Like, we had all of them on, how they got their names. What about Bobby Bones and the Raging Idiots? How did that come about? When I was in high school, it was the name of our little group. Because we were the concubine kings first. We didn't really know what that meant. It was just from the Bible. But then I realized concubines were like prostitutes. Oh. We were the concubine kings. <laughs> and then we, because we were playing churches, they said, you can't name yourself the concubine kings. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of idiotic. And then I just wanted a word that was funny and raging sounded fun. I don't know. But I called us the Raging Idiots, and we played churches, and we did parodies made for church because we didn't really, we weren't good. And we did, instead of Bad to the Bone, because it was easy to play, we did There's Gold Up Above, da-da-na-na-na. So we would play churches and a couple talent shows, and that's where the Raging— And then I quit them, although it wasn't really anything. And then I started to do it in— my solo, con- I would be like, oh yeah, and the Raging Idiot's going to show up and play. And then I was it, and everybody would be disappointed. So I started to learn how to play guitar because I didn't want to do parodies over other people's music. So it never was really, really, really a thing until Eddie. 
And Eddie had a band, too, called Rum Tide. They were arch nemesis, and we got into a huge fight. We killed each other. There were only two left standing. Uh, but I went and played with Eddie's band once. We did a couple songs. And then we were like, well, let's just, him and I, let's just be the Raging Idiots. So we were just the Raging Idiots. I never wanted it to be Bobby Bones and the Raging Idiots. That was never the plan. Well, we signed a record deal, and the head of the label said, hey, you should really put your name on it. And I was like, we'll not do it. But then we started touring, and I would do comedy before the Raging Idiots. And the thing would say Bobby Bones and the Raging Idiots on the marquee. And so he was like, see, they're even writing his Bobby Bones and the Raging Idiots. I was like, no, no, it's me and the Raging Idiots. And he said, I'll tell you what, the first record, let's put your name on it so people can search it, and they'll know it too if they happen to come across it. And then we were stuck with it. And so Eddie, it's hilarious. All the, it's, he's not. We're the Raging Idiots, but he's... <laughs> It's now it's like me and Eddie, and Eddie's all the raging idiots, he is which, all is, them. which is not it. It's like Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, so that's how the raging idiots came about. That's it, and that story sucks compared to some of these. <laughs> it's right. funny with parodies, even from the beginning, though. Me? Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know how to do music, anything. I didn't know how to do anything musically. I didn't know how to play anything. I still don't really. Just enough to get by. But that's that's how the whole thing started. Doing parodies in church, not funny, godlike. And we were terrible. <laughs> All right, so it's a good episode. Thank you guys for being here. Let's go. All right, kicking off with Dan and Shay. Dan talked about how they struggled choosing a name before finally settling on Dan and Shay. I just think back because all these memories are hitting now because that's right when I moved to town. Yep. It's right about the time you guys went on with Warner. Right. And right, became yeah. a thing. But again, you weren't Dan and Shay. You were Dan and Shay. These yeah, two dudes just who were her guys. friends. Still looking for a band name. Yeah, we, that's crazy. We were honestly under SoundCloud. I don't know. I hope it's private because somebody's going to go out there and find it. We were on SoundCloud as Ragtop Red. That was our name. We were like big Tim McGraw fans and we're like, well, he has Red Ragtop. What if we like flip it? Ragtop Red. There have that's been much sick. dumber names. Well, there is one. We were in Austin, Texas. We did South by Southwest and uh, we were down there. It was, I don't remember exactly the timing of this. No, this was the first. We'd done South by Southwest twice. The second time, Justin Bieber came out on stage with us. It was a whole... I remember that. I remember that the was second a whole time. Thing. Yeah. That was crazy. The first time we did it, there's a picture of it. There was only... We played a showcase and like Shay's lawyer at the time, this guy, Jim Zumwalt, the man, great guy. Uh, he was like, come down and do this showcase and we can hang out. And we were like, this is awesome. You know, We went down and there was literally three people in the crowd. My lawyer, Jonathan, he's the man. Jim Zumwalt and Paul D. Giovanni. The guy, Boys Like Girls, keeps coming up in this situation. I don't know why he was there. I think he was just, I think the band was on a break or something at that point, and he was just hanging out. He was literally standing in the crowd. And there's, we watched this the other night. We were uh, cutting together videos for Tequila, and my buddy Pete Tracy, who does like all our content, he found a video that somebody had taken, and it was, showed us like rocking on stage. I'm wearing like a Boston Red Sox hat, and we're dancing around like we got something going on. And, he zooms out. Literally, no one in the crowd. It's so embarrassing. But uh, what was your name? So we, we go to PF Chang's after we that little showcase, and Zami's like, "You guys are poised to be the next big stars." Like whatever. We need to come up with a name. So he's got his little iPad. We're sitting at the round table in the corner of PF Chang's in Austin, and he's like, "I got it." And we're sitting there like, oh, "He might have it. This is awesome. Let's hear him out." He's like not showing us. He's like got a big surprise, and he's typing it out on this little iPad. And he flips it around, and his big pitch to us was that the name should be Schools Out. Oh, you told me this. Schools, Schools Out. Schools Out. Yeah, so like <laughs> if we ever get big like Dirks Bentley or something and can do the you know, yeah. little secret show. The Hot like Country Nights. Schools Out Live at 3rd and Lindsley. You know? That's funny. Yeah. I remember that. Man, so when you guys finally decided on Dan and Shay. The name? The name. Yeah, like yeah. we're really just going to. 
it probably had to be like, well, we couldn't come up with the name, so we're just going to be Dan totally. and Shay. Yeah, yeah. What was that conversation? And who was the one that said, okay, we think it just should be Dan and Shay? Was it Espo? I don't remember exactly how it happened, but we, our managers, we we work with Scooter Braun. Um, you know, Which, obviously. by the way, is funny because I was with Scooter the, what, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And He's Scooter goes, me. hold on. And FaceTimes you. He's the king of FaceTiming. While I'm sitting with Scooter Always in Los FaceTime. Angeles. Yeah. I don't know where you guys were. You were, dri- you were driving, though. Oh, we were on the bus, I think. Or was I at home? I don't know. Well, whatever. I remember it. Yeah. So Scooter's part of the, hey, we're going to name you guys Dan and Shay? Yeah, he was part of that. He was like, you guys are like recognizable by your names. Because we had met with Scooter. We'd flown out. We've had like insane experiences at Scooter's place. Like Scooter, by the way, is Justin Bieber, Kanye, Carly Kloss, Usher, uh, uh, manager, like yeah, monster. Ariana Grande, everybody. Right. And we would like go out and jam with Justin Bieber and Selena. We'd be playing guitar and singing and doing all this stuff and like crazy, like these nights that you see in you know at HBO series, like crazy stuff. And uh, he was always just like, everybody knows you guys as Dan and Shay. It's cool, like for the branding and. Instead of having some band name that you have to reinvent some new moniker, it's like, why not just go by your names? Then people will know you guys and do whatever. We're like, we don't have any other ideas. Sure, let's go with it. Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town talked about how they tried to find a name that reflected their music. Who was the person that said Little Big Town? That name? Yeah, Little Big. Um, it, was, it was a publishing company. Little Big Town Publishing? Mm-hmm. And did they go away before you uh-huh. took the name? Yep. And so you thought this is cool? Yeah. You keep it? Well, we, we were messing with town names because of, like, Kimberly and Jimmy and Philip are, like, from tiny, tiny, tiny towns. And I was a little bit of the city girl, and we were trying to find names that reflected the music, and somebody turned over a CD, and it said Little Big Town Publishing, and we were like, maybe that's the name. You know, again, you become kind of names you know what i mean like you said about florida georgia line or it was not really weird the at rascal first, flats rascal Flats. but now little big town's just a name yeah it's just a name of the group that you hear all the time it's not even weird but i would think that the first time little big town that was weird to hear yeah yeah it's hindsight like, it is think about the first time this is a very selfish thing for me to tell you to think about think about the first time and you won't remember it but have you ever heard my stupid name bobby bones like who is that a pirate is that a porn star like who uh, so is bobby bones your real name no 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 i realize bobby estel and so i was given that name when i was like 17 hey mike gotta get her a copy of my book on the way out wow i'll tell i'll sign it for her when she leaves um yeah, no, no. Was, I'm sorry. It, I'm just kidding. I was. I know. I was. I know it wasn't. It's, but a, it's I, only I, on Wikipedia. Don't worry. <laughs> no, no, that's my real name, and I don't even hide it. But it's. Um, it was forced on me. I was 17, and so it was like you can be Bobby Bones or Bobby Z. And I was a kid. I don't know. I was like, well, Bones at least sounds like an actual person. And so everywhere I was, I went. I was connected to somewhere else because I went from Hot Springs, Arkansas, to Little Rock. Shared some listening audience. Little Rock to Austin, Texas, and I was already doing nights. And then Austin, I was started doing a national night show. And in the morning, everything was connected. I could never leave the stupid name. Everywhere I went, I had the stupid name. It's not stupid, though. Now it's not because it's normal. Because it's normal. Right. And it's because it, it is something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes... Well, my feelings are a little hurt. You know my real name. Like, a little bit. My feelings are a little hurt. I'm just going to be honest and be selfish for a second. My feelings are a little hurt. You know my real name. That's okay. I didn't want to hurt your feelings and no, you be should, like... though. We should. That, that's honesty when you can openly ask and hurt feelings. When you can put other people at the risk, see, that means you're being open and honest. I'm sorry. Why would you be sorry? You didn't know. 
Charles Kelly was in, and he told me about Lady A and the inspiration behind the original name, Lady Antebellum, and how they wanted a Southern name that made people wonder. And Charles also opens up about the controversy behind the original name. As we reflect back for a second on the origin of the band, whenever you guys name yourself and you call yourself Lady Annabellum, I would assume most people think that she's Lady Annabellum. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, which it's so funny. I mean, obviously, with all that has gone on with our name, I mean, it was the most silly, innocent way of naming a band. Literally, we're taking these pictures from these Annabellum homes, coming up with a name. We were about to call ourselves Spring Springdale or something. We didn't know. We were just like... All these names. Did you guys name yourself though, or did someone say, "Hey, this"? No, is the we name? did. Yeah, we did. When we were looking through these pictures, I was like, "That's a beautiful Annabelle home right there." I was like, "Annabelle sounds southern. It just sounds graceful. It sounds like Muscle Shoals or something." You know, I pictured like I pictured like Savannah and this thing. And I, I don't know why I said lady, but I guess I was thinking like Scarlett O'Hara. I mean, it's so funny if I could go back to what made. Cause I'll t- I came up with that name and I remember like saying and and I said it to Dave and he goes God, that sounds cool and I was like people are just going to be intrigued at the time all you wanted were people to go what mm-hmm. what's what's Lady Annabelle and I was like man you know there's all these other like cool bands like Jane's Addiction and all these like like it gives it a little bit of mysterious vibe and um, and I was like maybe there's this like haunted lady that used to live there this thing I don't know Lady Annabelle and it just sounds southern. And and then I didn't really think about it. And then when we start going on tour, it's like, oh, so she's the lead singer. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, I'm an idiot. Like, I mean, I'm if I could go back, I mean, especially when we were going through this whole thing with our name change, I can't tell you how many nights I would like stay up going and I would come up with names in my head. Like, why didn't I call myself, you know, freaking green grass this, green grass? Because it was like, it was so, and how do you, how do you, how, how do you, how can you convince people that it was just like, it just came out of the thin blue air. I, I don't know why it just did. It just came out and it sounded Southern. And I remember having so many people going, I won't name the artist, but I remember having like two or three artists go like, y'all think y'all would be as successful without such a cool name. You know what I mean? And it was like, to them, it just felt cool. It just felt us. I don't know. I can remember I was working and I was still doing pop and hip hop in Austin. And you guys were, doing a radio tour because you'd bring by the little pictures yeah. signed and it was very early on. And I was like, Lady Annabellum, what the heck is he, even is that? But I was curious enough That's, to go and check it out. I know. And, you know, and I don't think we thought past that. We we didn't ever thought past, like, what's going to make someone just push the click on MySpace and say, what? Let me hear it. And I don't know. We even thought it was kind of cool that it would be like, oh, and then a guy's singing. I, I don't know. What, I mean, why? When you guys go and you play and you open for your brother, it's the three of you. Were you doing what you and Dave did, where you were just playing under your name, or did you even have a name, or did you have that name by? We then? had that. We had that name by then. We first before our first gig. I mean, we initially started. I think our our MySpace. It might have been under Springdale or something like that. I think it was a road called Springdale, and I remember like telling that to some buddies. They're like, "That sounds cheesy." and you know, and we were like, oh, it sounds a little bit too much like Sugarland, too. You know, I mean, we're, it, just the name is, it's so hard to come with a name because everything, I mean, the Beatles, yeah. Eagles, you know. All the mascots are basically taken. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, we, we didn't want to be like two dudes and a chick or Hillary, Dave, you know, Charles Band. So it was just like, you know, you could just come up with this name. But, uh, and yeah, it was just, 
very intriguing to people and it, it worked. The last things I'm going to ask you are a bit about the name change, but yeah. not really what you expect about the name change. No, it's I don't just, mind at all. I'm not. I'm really not that interested in, in the yeah. drama of that. I mean, I think we kind of all saw that play out, but it's like all the merch you had with Lady Annabellum written uh. on it. Like, those are the questions I have. Like, what the crap do you do with all... It's like a World uh, Series team that finishes second. Like, you got it all printed out. What do yeah. you do with it then? I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I love... You know, I just think we're in a time now where, like, when you know better, you know, when you know better, you do better. And we had never thought about that name. I mean, I had talks with so many of my, uh, you know, my black friends, and they were like, you know, I never really thought about it, but when I look at it, you know, they're like, because I know you guys, and I know that's not... But they were like... I could see how that just, and I don't know, man, with everything that's going on, it's like, I don't want to be a part of any, I don't want to have anything associated with us that would make any human being think that that was any part of our hearts because it could not be any more different. Um, I just think it's just one of those, I call it one of those little blind spots, especially when you grow up in the South, you're like, you kind of, you kind of, in a weird way, romanticize some some things around here that you're not necessarily associating it with the bad. You're associating it with like the grace, the this, and the, you know what I mean. And I think that was kind of naively kind of where we were in that. And and there's a lot of people that thought we folded or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? Then if you if you don't want to be a part of the conversation of change and just opening ourselves up to like making a better world, then that's fine you know, dig your heels in, but that was what it was all about. And yeah, I mean, probably a lot of t-shirts out there. <laughs> there was a lot of like all kinds of stuff we, you know, and people still will call us Lady Annabelle. I right? slipped and have done that. That's I did okay. that on the Opry that's, stage and I was no, like, but, I was like, God no, dang. No, listen, that's okay. I mean, same thing with the Dixie Chicks. They, they never had, there's no way they had any intention of that being offensive. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, it's not offensive. It's like, well, no kidding. It's not offensive to you. And Lady Annabelle is not offensive to you. Listen, it wasn't offensive to me. It's not necessarily, I don't associate those things with that word, but a lot of people do. And when you can make a change, especially when people called us, you know, Lady A, that probably would have been the most difficult thing if we didn't, because think about the brand recognition. That would have been the most difficult thing if we didn't have a name that already everyone associated. I mean, from the day, day one, I mean, I remember like, First time we went on today's show, it was like Lady A taking over the pavilion. This is like 2007. So everyone's been calling us Lady A, but uh, it was a very difficult time. I mean, really wild. Um, never been in our lives kind of misinterpreted like you know, like that or whatever, or, or you know, and because it's always been about the music, and that's that's what we wanted about. That was one reason. You know, that wrote that song, Talk of This Town. I was like, I don't want to be the talk of this town. It's got a little double meaning there. Um, but man, we learned a lot about ourselves. And it kind of made us even more passionate about being a part of of a band that represents love and a welcome environment and, and putting out music that makes people feel good. I don't know. So for us, it's like, I know there's something beautiful that's going to happen. And I know there's something beautiful that's that's out there that, you know, we're, we're all, we all are going to make changes and people are always so resistant to it. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be some beauty from the, from the name change at some point. Cause I will say right now it's, it, it's been, it's been pretty tough to be misinterpreted so bad with your intentions, especially people that don't know you never That's, even tried to know you never even tried and they're only us. basing their only knowledge of you off a headline that they read exactly. in three seconds. Exactly. And, 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 
and trust me, there's so much more to that in a very crazy way that people wouldn't even understand, you know, but, uh, but listen, we're just, we're trying to do our best like everybody else. And I think as long as you try and, and, um, and, you know, try to leave the world a little bit better, you know, I don't want my, my old boy as he grows up and he's in history class going, dad, well, what did you mean by that? And why'd you now? Cause when I learned about it, I was like, well, huh, that's hard to explain. I don't know. Yeah. And so I don't know. It just, we grew up, man. You grow up and you start looking at the world and going, all right, man, we can all do better. And that's just the bottom line. We can. And sometimes it takes a pandemic and, you know, and, and, and a lot of things that happen that, that kind of change the world for the better, you know, and it takes time. It's, it's, it's still going to take a long, long, long time, but there's a, there's some beauty I think that's going to come out of this pandemic and everyone having some forced stillness and, um, it's also going to be a lot of uh, anxiety and, and, and therapy we're all going to have to go through after this. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is, fresh leather, yep. friendly staff, or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. 
Trevor Rosen of Old Dominion talks about how they were worried about being sued because of the legality of their name and then how they got the approval to use the name Old Dominion. You guys ever go, do you, have you played at school, Do school, Old Dominion? Uh, yeah, we played there, I think last summer. Was that a thing or no? Um, do they care? I don't, I can't remember. I don't feel like they hyped it up too much as Old Dominion at Old Dominion. I think there was a little bit of element of that, but I don't know. Was it weird to have the name? Was there any legal thing? Like you can't call yourself Old Dominion? Yeah, actually we almost weren't called Old Dominion. What was that story? Um, well, so early on, you know, it's so hard to pick a band name, you know, it's like the worst thing you can possibly have to do. Cause you're always self-conscious, you know, everybody's going to rip on you and shoot down anything you throw out stupid. There. Everything, everything stupid. stupid. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, you know, we had to sit there and go, okay, well, we're not going to be named Matt Ramsey or whatever. Let's figure out a band name or a band. And so it, we had tried so hard and we finally settled on old dominion. Matt said that one day, he's like, the only thing I could think of that's related to Virginia that hasn't been taken is Old Dominion. And we were like, well, what's wrong with that? So we were Old Dominion for like maybe two years and started to get some steam. You know, we had some things going. We had already put out a couple songs on iTunes. And then uh, we were talking to our attorney and he's like, man, I'm just really concerned about the legalities of this. You know, you got the peanut company and you got the trucking company and you got the university and, and the beer and, um, so, man, we, we actually got to the point where we were sitting a, at a bar in Nashville trying to come up with a new name and pretty much having a band fight. And then I finally, I don't know, I can be stubborn sometimes, but I was like, you know what, this is stupid. I'm like, we can be called Old Dominion. And, uh, and they were like, well, no, he, the, our attorney says we could get sued. And I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, there is there is a university. There is a peanut company. They're they're not suing each other. There are already multiple dominions, and so I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to call the attorney, and our attorney was like, Man, I don't know. He said, I, Really, you're probably right, except the university is the one I'm afraid of, um, because they have a marching band, they have merchandise that they sell. So I was like, Okay, well, I'm going to get a hold of somebody. So. I sat there all day and tracked down somebody at the university and just asked people until I got to the right person. And I said, Hey, we're this band. We've been operating under this name. We already have songs out. You know, is this an issue? And they said, no, as long as you don't use our logo, we're not worried about it. You're good. And so I took it back to the guys and I'm like, does this satisfy everybody? And they're like, okay, I guess we're still old dominion. You got it in writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's the play. Get it in writing. Yeah. So you're, it was all out of like futility of being able to come up with a new name. You remember any of the names you guys talked about? I mean, I, I do know they were all awful. Um, but man, I, I can't remember. I, I do remember playing the wild horse one time when we were in limbo and, and we were like, let's just be, let's just tell her we're Friday. Eagle. the girl would announce us when we would play the wild horse as she, and she, you know, she'd go, what, what do you guys call it? Sometimes we'd just be Matt Ramsey or whatever. And one time uh, she was like, uh, how do you want me to announce you? And Matt was like, fried Eagle. She's like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, fried Eagle. That's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. I thought the video of you guys playing, was it the wild horse when there was like one couple dancing? Oh yeah. Yeah. The what a great video. Song. That was, I couldn't believe Matt still had that on his computer. It was just, a, and I mean that in the most sincere way. It was, here you here you guys are, you've got all these hits as a band, you got all these hits as writers, and you're playing to no one, right? And there's yeah. an old couple that are, it looks like they're two-stepping to that summer. Am yeah. I, going from memory. Yeah, that uh, summer. That summer. And it was a, hey, look, even we, 
like struggled our brains out and nobody would come to our shows yeah. and look at us now. And it wasn't look at us now, like look at us now, but I was like, freaking look at us now. Like if we can do this. You guys can do this. Yeah. I was inspired by the video. I thought that was a pretty cool post. It was really cool. I mean that, like you said, that was, that was before any of the hits or anything. That was and fried uh, Eagle days, man. Yeah, it was fried Eagle days. Well, that might've been the night we've announced ourselves as fried Eagle. Gary LaVox of Rascal Flats talks about the various names they used before paying someone 500 bucks to be able to use the name Rascal Flats. You and Jay obviously are related. The, with, with Joe Don, did Jay find Joe Don? Is, who's, who's, yeah. What was that? So Jay was the band leader for Shelly Wright, and then he hired uh, Joe Don to play guitar for Shelly. And so they, he had, Jay had been telling me about Joe Don, how you know, high tenor, how great he sings and plays. So he came down at the Phil and Steel Guitar Bar one night, and it, our guitar player didn't show up. So he, he invited Joe Don in, and we did uh, Church on the Cumberland Road. It was the first song we ever did, and the rest was history. We were like, wow, I don't know what that was, but that was, I mean, it was just it was incredible. So we asked him, and that was that. How quickly until you had a name, though? It took a while because we were, because I think Jay and I were going by Deuces Wild, and then there was three of us in there. So Deuces Wild didn't make any sense. And then, you know, it was hard to come up with a name. And, uh, but we, we sat there and we, we were thinking, so we we're Oklahoma, because Joe Don's from Oklahoma. It was just terrible. And then, so <laughs> it was awful. And so uh, this piano player named Jelly Roll was in town or was playing with us, and he was like, man, back in the 60s, I used to have a band called Rascal Flats. And uh, we were like, well, what's it mean, Jelly? He was like, hell, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> and we were like, all right. So we literally wrote on a napkin, uh, and we paid him 500 bucks for the name. So if it did work, we wouldn't get sued later. So that's the story. Preston of Low Cash shares the story of how they used to say, that's low cash money. And that was a figure of speech that they used with each other, and that inspired the name. They told their management about the name. Management said it never will work, and turns out management isn't always right. So you go, you go play. Are you Chris and Preston? I'm so enamored with, it, with so, when the name came how, Who came up with the name and when it came out? Okay, so back in the day in Kokomo, Indiana, where I'm from, it was uh, me and my high school buddies. We had this thing called Low Cash Money Boys, and um, we call ourselves LCMB, Low Cash Money Boys, and, and you had to be like initiated. You had to get a nickname. And it was like a little fraternity, high school fraternity. And we, it, low cash was kind of a figure of speech. If you, because none of us had very much money. So if something really cool would happen, we'd be like, that was so low cash. High five. And be like, that's awesome. And so that's how low cash kind of came to be. So I, I, while we're out in my Jeep Cherokee with the U-Haul, I tell Chris, I said, man, you know, up in Kokomo, I want you to meet my buddies when we, when we play Kokomo. He says, okay. So he meets everybody and he says, um, uh, these guys are pretty cool. This is a pretty cool little crew of, of dudes. And I said, yeah, you should be in the low cash family with us. We'll give you a nickname, everything. So we give him a nickname and everything. Chris says, he gives the, the, you know, the light bulb. He's like, we should be the country boys of low cash. And I was like, because the meaning is just never forgetting where you're from. It's not about being poor. It's about cool stuff happening for next to nothing. Best things in life are free kind of attitude. So Chris says, we should be Country Boys Low Cash. And I was like, I love that. So then we were like, let's just be Low Cash Cowboys. And we came back to Nashville. And we told our management, we were like, we got a name. We're going to call ourselves Low Cash Cowboys. And they were like, 
that will never work. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, then that's it. We're going with low-cash cowboys. If you say it'll never work, at least it's polarizing. It's making you feel something right now. So we're going to go with it. And so we did. Chris Kirkpatrick, Vince Inc., talked to me about how one of the biggest boy bands in America came together and how Justin Timberlake's mom was the one that came up with the name NSYNC. So who was the first guy of, of, of the band now? Of the group that you were like, all right, come do it, Justin. and they said yes. Really? Justin. And, yeah. and you met him, was this Mickey Mouse Club? Nope. Post I, so so the, story, the real story is I was, I was making cold calls. I was just calling people. I'm like, you know, I need to find you know, parts. I need to find guys that sing. I need to do whatever. So I don't remember. I think I went through the paper or something like that, and I called. I think I called agents. I called like nineteen agents. I'm like, listen, I'm putting together this group. Okay, thank you so much. This is my number. This is my address. Click. You know, I did nineteen agents. One person got back to me, and I went over. I remember it like it was yesterday. Studio Plaza in Orlando, and pulled up in my little Nissan Sentra or whatever I was driving, and he gave me this Manila envelope, and I went out and you know I put it popped in this cassette tape into my player and heard this voice and I'm like, oh my God, like this is unbelievable. This is better than anybody that's been in my band yet. And I pulled up the headshot and I'm like, Justin Timberlake, is he an Indian? Like I didn't, you know, I didn't get, I didn't know if that was a shtick or what, what was going on. And uh, called his mom and that was a tough call because they were back in Memphis. And I was like, hey, uh, I'm this 24, 23 year old guy and I want to put your 14 year old son in a band with me and you know, and and they had this thing where it was like they went down for Mickey Mouse Club and they said, well, if we go to go there for Mickey Mouse Club and we don't get it, you at least go, we'll go to Disney. So, you know, they kind of said it again. They also suggested, they said, well, he's been working with JC. So JC came down and I actually met JC first because Lou went and picked JC up at the airport and they came to my work and, and I met JC and then Justin came and the three of us are out one night and we ran into Joey randomly, and I knew Joey. Joey's the only one of them that I knew prior because we worked at Universal Studios together. And uh, I knew Joey, and we're like, dude, you know, we're looking for a band. You know, can you do it? And he's like, yep, I'm in. Because he was in this group in high school called The Big Guys with uh, Luis Fonzi. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, which was in, and they were like this, they were like this high school band. It's so weird to see Fonzi, you know, doing so much now. And his brother, uh, John, is amazing, too. Because his brother John was in my group, but that's I'll just make this story really long. But um, but yeah, so then Joey got in the band and uh, he brought in this kid, Jason. And that's how we got the name because uh, Justin's mom was looking at all our names and Justin, Chris, Joey, Jason, and JC, the last letter all spells in sync. And that's how we got our name. And then um, the night we were signing the deal, Jason quit, left, and... It took us a year to find Lance. The night you were signing? Yeah, we ended up signing the next day, just the four of us. But we, we needed a base. Like, we knew we needed a base. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. 
or like to smell a staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. The guys from Seaforth, Mitch and Tom, share the earliest memories they have of meeting in kindergarten and growing up in Australia and how that inspired their name. What stage of your childhood life did you guys meet? We were three years old. Oh, before school. Yeah, we, we went to pre- preschool. Mm. You call it? He was eating crayons, I think, one I'm day. I'm confused the, now. There's no way you remember we, that meeting, we, though, at yeah, three. I yeah. have no memories before five. I remember, well, I actually have videos that help me remember, mm. so that's probably what it is, but Tom was really big into eating sand back in the day. <laughs> like sand pit style. Just Still am. Like something, Still am. Yeah, something with the texture. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. But big we fan. went to Seaforth Kindergarten, which was the town, which yes. is area. Yeah, yeah. suburb within Sydney, where we met and the kindergarten was called C4. Essentially, so. if we were from Nashville, we would be called Green Hills. Yes. Mm. You know? So you meet then, but do you become friends or do you just know each other? We know each other. We had like play dates, like our parents. Like I don't even know how that gets organized. Did your parents age, know like, each other? Yeah. The, yeah, the, through, through the kindergarten. And I feel like it's like a thing, do, you, do the parents assume that the kids get along? So let's, mm. let's, let's make them hang out kind of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of like the age that we would hang out, I guess. Like yeah. I have a vivid memory of stealing one of, Tom's Pokemon cards. That's like one of the earliest memories I have Tom and I going through his Pokemon this. collection and taking a card out of I'm the sleeve. I can't remember exactly this. what the card was, but that was... Furious. That causes a lot of tension this might, to this, this might This might break the, the duo up. Right now, you find yeah, out. Yeah, I think yeah. It's is... the one that Jake Paul had on his neck. What was that one, Mike? It was a, the was Charizard. 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 Oh, yeah. you're all nerds. Great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like it all, you guys. Um, so when did you actually become friends where it's like, okay, you're my guy? 
and we're going to be friends. We've been friends since we were young and we've kind of always like got along and laughed and like we made music together. Like we played music together through high school, like at different events and stuff. But then after high school, I moved to LA for a couple of years. Mitch was in Sydney doing his thing with a band. And then we started writing together around then, like 21-ish. Were and you it, in LA when you were writing? Were you writing online? Yeah, we wrote like, well, we were sending songs back and forth via uh, Skype. And then we kind of wrote once, but then I went back to Australia to visit my family and stuff one time when I was about 20, 21, and we wrote together and we were like, this feels like something really cool. And then we kind of just were like, let's just do this. Like, let's focus on this. Did you move to LA to do music, Tom? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. And so... Ended up getting a job at In-N-Out Burger and that was kind of the peak. So that, the LA trip wasn't good for you? No, I know it was, man. I, I didn't have a job at In-N-Out, but I... I you did have a job at Big Wangs. Big, yeah, the, I had a place at a, a job at a sports bar called Big Wangs. And I only realized years later what it was kind of implying. You didn't know then you were working at a sports bar that was named after a large penis? Well, then it was like Wings, though, as well, because it was known for its Wangs. Wings. And I was wangs. like, yeah, Wangs, Wangs, yeah. So now I figured it out and there's just a lot of revelation coming into my atmosphere today about the, the pokemon card and big wings it's just it's a lot to take in yeah. you moved to la to pursue a like a solo solo career? yeah yeah we both did individual things and uh it was great man i learned a lot there and and made some connections with people i'm still friends with and stuff and then yeah but then this just felt like the right thing and so i was like we nashville was the end goal and so i was like i'm gonna move back to australia focus on this for a couple of years with the end goal of moving to nashville Scott Stapp of Creed talks with me about the crazy names they almost went with before going with Creed and one in particular that scared a lot of people off. You get to Florida State. Yeah. You want to do music. Yeah. But how the heck do you start, you quote, doing music? Like, well, when do you meet Mark? What did that one on, on that? Literally, I went around and handmade little flyers. I want to, you know, looking for a band, looking for a guitar player, called this number, you know and was putting them up on campus. Um, and then a friend of mine, uh, who I went to high school with, uh, she went to school uh, at Florida State, uh, and I was connecting with a couple people that I knew uh, in, in high school, and she said, you know, Mark's here. Mark Germani's here, and he plays guitar. Uh, and I said, you know what? I remember that. I remember going to, like, one of the only two parties that I snuck out of my house and went to, because uh, I wasn't allowed to do that. Uh, I remember... <clears throat> coming out of a kitchen and walking by a sliding glass door to outside and seeing some dude sitting outside alone playing acoustic guitar. Uh, and, I, and I remember opening the, opening the door and looking outside and going, hey, you're Mark, you're Mark Tremonti, right? And he goes, yeah. And I go, you play guitar? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I sing. And he goes, cool, man. And that was it. Because <laughs> he was a junior and I was a senior. And that was, that was the only, cause we weren't like buddies in high school, but we knew of each other. And that was our only interaction in high school was that moment. And then, you know, fast forward, uh, years later, uh, he had gone to Clemson, uh, university and then transferred, uh, you know, over to Florida state. Uh, and then we get introduced, uh, again, uh, through a mutual friend. Uh, and I think because we, Went to the same high school and had some mutual friends that we felt comfortable around each other. And I was so excited, man, to, to find someone to jam with that he I remember sitting down with him and, and he's just shredding all these metal licks and, and playing all the stuff that I really didn't know a lot about uh, at the time. But I didn't care. I was like, it's awesome. It's awesome. Let's write songs. And we sat down and shared all these ideas. And I think we probably came up with like 20 ideas in the first like three hours we had set down 
uh, with each other. Uh, and, uh, and then it just started from there and, and we decided, Hey, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's start a band. So what does that mean? Because you're going to start a band. Do you, do you go out and do you play f- for anybody? Just you two? Like, do you go to a coffee shop? Do you? Well, what we, we kept getting together and just jamming. Uh, did he think you were good? I don't know. You know, I, 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 I hope so. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I think we had a mutual admiration, uh, for each other. I, I know he saw, because uh, he commented before, you know, he saw my passion. Um, you know, he saw how committed I was, how much I, uh, lyrics I was writing and poetry that I was writing and how in- passionate I was about getting together to rehearse and write. And, and so, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely think so. I think we inspired each other. Uh, I saw his passion um, and his, his playing moved me uh, and, and brought... It was like it was a muse. It brought things out of me, and I think that energy began to share with you know was shared with each other. I would inspire him, and and, and it just became a, this this mutual admiration uh, for each other eventually. Um, and then you know we had to find a bass player and a drummer, um, and so we eventually did. Uh, we found Brian uh, and Scott Phillips. Brian was actually playing in a cover band, pretty successful college cover band that was like playing gigs every weekend he was making money making making money you know and uh you know we we kind of stole him from that gig and that was a big thing we were like trying to recruit him and and he was like man you know i got this good thing going and i'm making money you know and you guys aren't even playing out like you're just you know jamming and scott's singing through mark's amp same amp (laughs) that he's playing (laughs) playing guitar from and and finally uh we got him we had this one bass player this is hilarious uh I can't remember his name. My mind wants to tell me his name was Kearns. Okay. Uh, so anyone out there listening, um, if, if you remember, uh, you know, shoot me a text or, or, or call in or whatever, but he didn't play. He didn't, he actually did. He just stood there and pretended to play. So he wasn't a real bass player. We couldn't tell because he didn't have, he didn't have an amp or, or he had an amp, but it, it was, it just, the way we were rehearsing, it was like maybe he did play a note here or there uh, during rehearsals, uh, but we eventually realized when we would have our friends come over and you know, and we were playing original songs and coming up with ideas that me and Mark were writing, he wasn't even playing bass. He was just standing there trying to look cool. <laughs> uh, and so we eventually, we, it's a funny spinal tap kind of story, like you know, this, this stand-in bass player that just, you know, he would rock and move and you know, look like he was playing, but like, Nothing, uh, and I, maybe we realized that at our first gig. I think Mark came to me. He after, actually after made our, a gig, though. He actually I, got to a gig. Not got, playing. Got to a gig. Yeah, like nice. he, he fooled us just long enough to get to to like one gig, I believe, if my memory serves me. And then Mark came to me afterwards, and he goes, "Dude, Kearns didn't play the entire night." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And uh, you know, so we let him go, and and uh, you know, eventually got Brian and. And, and Scott and and man really we were just kind of a you know jam Scott Phillips had this cool little rental house uh, that he rented while he was going to school and and working and and it had this outdoor concrete like garage but it, I don't I don't even know, almost like a, a a basement but it was like outdoors and separate from the house just a solid concrete uh, room. 
uh, and we would go out there and and uh, and just jam and write and rehearse and rehearse, but we never played out. Uh, and so finally, we we began to play out. Where'd you get your first gig? I believe it was a place called Yanni's. And what is if, your I, name? if I remember correct? Not it was either Yanni's or 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 oh man, no, it wasn't Yanni. I'm trying to remember. I'm, Did you have a name then? We we went through a cup. We went through a few names. I mean, we we didn't really have a definitive name. I mean, we we had some stupid ideas. Uh, I mean, backbone. I mean, you know, how cool is that, right? But if Bagbone would have been and, the name and had been a hit, and, we'd have been and, like, that's and, normal. And, and then we had this crazy name that, that uh, you know, Mark had this idea. And he goes, I've always had this idea for a band name. And he pulls out this newspaper article from his wallet. And it said, Naked Toddler, da-da-da-da-da-da. And he had always, and he thought Naked Toddler would be a killer band name. <laughs> and, and literally, man, he carried the article in his wallet. And he pulls it out. So we're like, all right, let's be Naked Toddler. And so we went and played a gig and they had Naked Toddler on the, on the billboard. Uh, and uh, didn't go over too well. A lot of people didn't show up. I think the name kind of... I think kinda, if I was going to show up, I may have not because kinda, of Naked Toddler. Kind of scared them. But, but, you know, no one was really showing up to see us anyway. We were really just like playing at, at bars, you know, playing covers, uh, throwing in you know, an original here or there, just trying to figure out our sound and our style. Um, and so eventually, uh, Brian Marshall, our bass player, uh, he came and he said, you know, I used to be in a band called Maddox Creed. And uh, when he said that, I instantly gravitated to the word Creed, uh, you know, being the lyricist and, and, you know, writing the songs that I, it just fit with how I was writing and the songs that, that Mark and I were creating and the lyrics that I was coming up with. Uh, and I go, let's keep the Creed part, man. I love that. And so we all agreed, and Creed became the name. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. 
Brandon Lancaster of Lanco talks about the early years of the band and why they chose to go with Lanco. So uh, Lanco is a combination of a couple words, right? Isn't it like... Lan- yeah, it's Lancaster and Company. Yeah. From what I remember, somebody worked there, and that's where you guys like practiced and got together? Yeah, well, my, so the band name comes from... My name is Brandon Lancaster. So I... Uh, so, you know, I, I was... Oh, that's not a, like a warehouse? I thought no, like a there is a warehouse in the story. <laughs> okay. But it's not, it, not Lancaster. Um, my name is Brandon Lancaster, so, uh, you know, it, it, early days in Nashville and... Well, I, I'm trying to think how far to go back. I, I met Trip, who's the drummer in Lanco, and he worked at a carpet warehouse. And uh, I met him in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was going to school out there, and, and we both played a music festival out there in different bands. And I'm from Nashville originally. I grew up outside of Nashville. That, you know how rare that is? Oh, I know, which is fun. I didn't know that was rare until – because when you grow up here, everyone's from here. I grew up in Smyrna, south of Nashville. And, uh, and yeah, when you grow up here, everyone's from here. And then I went to school – and when I came back, you know, started making new friends and meeting people, and everyone would ask where I was from, and that question was so strange to me because I was like, "I'm from down the road, here. yeah. Where Where are you from?" And they're they always like, "You're from here." I'm like, "Yeah. Where are you from? What are you doing?" More here? people aren't from here. Oh, yeah. Especially in the business that we're in. Absolutely, yeah. More like ninety nine percent of people aren't from here. It's weird oh, yeah. that you're I, from. I know. I've met very few people that are from here. Um, but uh, yeah, I but I went to school in Chattanooga, so when I moved back. Trip was moving to Nashville like the same week I was, so you know I, I've been writing songs. I mean, virtually my whole life, and uh, and and so I told him, you know, I have this slew of songs, and I, I want to put a band together, and and kind of gave him the idea, and and so we put it together. You know, my name is Brandon Lancaster, so it started as you know Lancaster and and something, and we thought we'd build a band around around. Let me that. ask you about that. Let me stop you for a second right. because I always thought, you know, all the guys in Dave Matthews Band, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> like Dave Matthews' band. Yeah. Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Nobody else's name. Right. Van Halen. Yeah. Got a couple Van Halen, bro. <laughs> Nobody. How come, is it because you're the one that came up with the idea and he was just cool with it? Because yeah. his last name's not company, is it? Yeah. Uh, it actually is. No, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, we were a duo. It was Lancaster. No, it was, uh, I think the way it started, you know, at first, like he was in a different band and... I had written a bunch of songs. It was a thing where I I could have done a solo project if I wanted to. I could have just you know made it mine and and hired guys out and you know kind of had a revolving door, which is what happened in Nashville a lot. And early on, that's kind of what I thought might happen, you know, because I had these songs and you just don't know how long you're going to keep a guitar player or a bass player because um, everyone's working and has to you know kind of go where the money is sometimes. But early on, it was. You know, this thing where I, I wrote these songs, but I want to build a band around it. I did look at Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and I did look at, at Dave Matthews' band, where there is a primary songwriter, and there's this guy that came with the songs, but there's a band around it that makes it unique and has its own sound. And when you keep those same guys together, like even like a Zach Brown band, you know, it, it has a unique sound because they've had time. The same guys have had time to craft that sound and, and, and build what they're doing and, and also go through hard times together, go through great times together. Um, and, and so early on, I, I didn't know what it would look like. You know, I didn't know if it would be a band band or if it would be this Zach Brown band or, or Dave Matthews band and, and guys might come in and come out and you keep hiring and, and you keep adding people. I didn't know at all what it would look like. I just knew we had Lancaster and then, if Trip wanted to be in this band, we could have a company and start building it. And that was also where the name change kind of came, though, was or when we shortened it, was because 
it was the same guys for for a long time. You know, we had gone a year, and and then we had just all become friends. We we're like, all right, this is a band. So, but people know us as Lancaster and Company. But let's shorten it to more of a band name. Kind of sounds pretty selfless Lanco. thing to show because Lanco does not sound like Brandon Lancaster, right? It doesn't, so right. it's a selfless thing to make that move to go Lanco. Because if it were me, I'd have been like, We're gonna call ourselves Brancaster. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bobbycast Choosing a Band Name. This is, that's a good one, that's interesting. It's, it, one. it's cool, we get to pull from all of our own archives. Was Abby part of this? Abby got all the clips, yeah. Abby's grabbing archive stuff and is a big part of this. Uh, Bobby cast the time. So big shout out to Abby Lee Anderson. Uh, she's touring all over America. So go see her if she's out there. Because who knows when people get hit in five years, she could be a star then. She could be. Yeah. So big shout out to Abby. Also to Mike D. And a big shout out mostly to me. To you? Yeah, because it's named after me. Shout out. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. You learned some new information. Heard some stories. Thank you for being here. Please share this with your friends if you found it interesting. Because we don't get any promo. They don't pay for us to be promoted. So if you don't mind sharing it on your Instagram story, you liked it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, wherever you're listening, rate us five stars if you don't mind. Subscribe to the Bobbycast. It would help. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you guys. Bye. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.